Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In Major League Baseball, as the trade deadline approaches, many rumors will come and go. John Heyman with a new one. He's of MLB Network. He's reporting that Jason Vargas is the, quote, most likely to go of the starting pitchers on the Mets. He did say the Mets are committed sellers, but adds the caveat that they don't believe they can do a complete teardown in New York. John Morosi of MLB Network reports that the Rockies could consider dealing Charlie Blackman before the trade deadline. And in Tampa Bay, third baseman Yandy Diaz will undergo x-rays after leaving Monday's game versus the Red Sox following a foul ball off his left foot. And in the NFL, a couple of transactions with New York ties. Daniel Jones finally signed on the dotted line for the New York Giants and former Jets quarterback, amongst others, Mark Sanchez, has retired from the NFL and will start commentating in the fall. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. BFF's Action Hour is live here from New York City. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. Eric Young, I'm starting to sound like you there, man. I was dying. It's, uh, it's a sad day for you. It is. I, I heard my voice kind of sound gravelly like yours. I'm like, this is this is how he feels all the time. It's not good. The best thing is when, when people meet me and they're like, oh, you really sound like that. Like, <laughs> you know, some, somehow magically putting on this voice for 15 years. <laughs> Yeah, not this is not a gimmick, folks. This this is how he speaks in real life. This is real life. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Now, real life for uh, for Greg too. Evidently, <clears throat> this guy coughed up a lung as soon as we threw the break. I don't. I don't think we made it to break before no, we started coughing up the lungs. <laughs> oh my god, it was so embarrassing. I, I apologize if I had to hear that. My mic was off for that reason. Yeah, and for some reason I had to still talk. It was bad. But anyway, uh, before we hit the break, we were talking or. I was trying to. We were talking about David Njoku. Um, Frankie, of his thoughts, he thinks ADP ultimately is fine. He wants one of the top five guys, but where he's going, whatever. Uh, Eric, what do you think here about Njoku? It, I mean, he's a dart throw like, you know, every tight end from 6 to 30. <laughs> like, yes, you're going to be frustrated, but there's not another guy that you can own that you're not going to be frustrated, frustrated with some weeks. Like, last year, I think, was the hardest year I can remember ever playing uh, fantasy football where like at least they would get you some yards. You mean like they were good for a touchdown, you know, every other week or something like that. Last year, if you didn't have one of the top four or five guys, you were pulling your hair out and it was insane. And Najoko is, he's in the top part of, of that 30 or 40 other t- tight ends, you know, like the, uh, you know, guys that, that could do it or could be something. He's got every tool. He's in a in a good offense with a good quarterback. 
he's going to, you know, he, he showed last year that his hands improved um, and really came on at the end of the year last year. But now, uh, you know, OBJ being there, um, Freddie Kitchens calling the place full time, uh, another year in the system with Baker Mayfield. These are all positives for him, but I believe it's just going to be like the other, you know, starting tight ends where it's just, you know, week in and week out, you know, you just put them in and, and hope. So it's, you could do worse than David Njoku, that's for sure. The man throwing. He looks like a tight end. Hmm, he does look like a tight end, that's true. <laughs> the, ball, the man throwing the ball to David Njoku and the rest of these wide receivers is Baker Mayfield. And Mayfield, the former Heisman winner and number one overall pick in the NFL draft, currently is going in the top five at the quarterback spot, right behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Luck, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. He's going in front of Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and a host of other guys. It's really interesting because it finally feels like the quarterback landscape has really changed, Frank. Like, after the top four, I mean, really, really from the beginning, number one on, with Mahomes and Watson being inside the top three, it's a totally different quarterback crew than we are used to seeing. And initially, I look at Baker Mayfield, and I'm like, man, top five seems mighty, mighty high for him. But then I look down. Wentz, make a case, probably. Ryan, you could, you could definitely make a case for Matt Ryan. Jared Goff on the Rams, okay. But this range is probably makes sense, right? I think right now, if you're drafting Baker Mayfield, you're drafting him at his ceiling. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how he's going to finish much higher than QB5. So I'll just throw that out there. Last year he was QB10 in fantasy points per game from weeks 9 through 17. Again, when Freddie C- Kitchens took over the play calling duties, he averaged 281.8 yards per game. 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Baker Mayfield reminds me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger. In that he can make all the throws, but he's also going to turn the ball over a decent amount. Like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Baker throws for, you know, 30-plus touchdowns, let's say anywhere from, like, 30 to 33 touchdowns, but he's also going to throw for 15-plus interceptions. We saw it. That game against the Houston Texans last year, they completely faked him out into throwing throws that, like, a rookie quarterback throws. Not that the normal Baker Mayfield would throw. And that was, you know, maybe that was just him as a rookie, and... Hopefully he got better in the offseason, but I still think that he is going to be turnover prone at times, Greg. Right now, it just feels like, even with all the weapons that he has, he has Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, uh, great running backs behind him as well. Uh, Offensive line got a little bit worse. It feels like at QB5, you're drafting him at his ceiling, and it sucks because I want to have as much exposure to this Browns offense as I possibly can, and I would love to have the guy throwing the ball to all these weapons, but I just don't know that I'm going to have many shares of Baker Mayfield at the current ADP that he's going at. Yeah, I, it's like I said, the people are probably right. Like the, the players, rather, are probably right. But as I look at their, their ADP number, Baker Mayfield's going about 78. It's seven picks later for Matt Ryan. I'd rather have those seven picks back. Right? Where's Roethlisberger going? Because I don't, I don't think that their numbers were that far off. And Baker Mayfield's at what? 78. I mean, come 40 on. picks later. You're getting him that much later? 40 picks, 40 40 picks later. later. And it is, is Baker Mayfield going to be that much better than Ben Roethlisberger? The Steelers were the most pass-happy offense in the NFL last season. And I still think that they're going to throw the ball a ton. Like, they don't have Le'Veon Bell. I think they drafted Benny Snell. We'll get more into the Steelers tomorrow. 
I'm sure that they're going to try, try to be more balanced this year, but they're still going to throw the ball a lot. I don't know that Baker Mayfield and Ben Roethlisberger's numbers are going to be that far off that he should be going 40 spots ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. I think what's really interesting is that when you get to Jerry Goff, Goff, Winston, Murray, Breeze, and Wilson, this crew of well, five guys all go within two picks of each other. Like That's a range of quarterbacks right there. And then you have Newton and Roethlisberger or within the next 10 picks or so. So I think like that's a range I could see myself diving into. It's all super bunched up right now, the quarterback yeah. position. And it's just super deep. That's what quarterback that's why, is. Yeah, you know, we, keep telling, super flex. we keep telling everyone yeah. to play in, in super flex leagues, and a lot of people aren't used to having an extra quarterback in their lineup, and they're, they're hesitant to, to change things. We, we're all creatures of habit, right? But the fantasy landscape is changing, and, and with that, you should change the way that you play the game. Quarterbacks are super deep. That's why I would recommend most people play the super flex format. Running back is also super deep. What do we think of Nick Chubb? We'll let you know when we return. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. are back here on the BFFs. Eric Young sticking around as we continue to talk about the Cleveland Browns. A lot going on. Not just, of course, from a fantasy perspective. The Browns are a favorite of those in Vegas. People are want to bet on the Browns to win the NFC North. They are the favorite at the moment to win the NFC North over the Steelers. You know, Frank, you love the Steelers uh, as a bet there. Uh, thinking it's crazy um, that the Browns have such better odds than the Steelers at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge difference. The The Browns are plus 135. The Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 170. But this just kind of... a little bit. This still goes back to what Gabe has talked about a lot on the morning after, is that the Steelers have done it. They've been there before. They have a, arguably, maybe not arguably, Hall of Fame quarterback, someone who's won a Super Bowl. He's been there before. I think the defense will be better. Still have an elite offensive line. Still have really good weapons. I know they lost Antonio Brown, but I think Juju's going to be awesome this year. I think, you know, Vance McDonald takes a step up. Uh, overall, I just feel like uh, you know the Steelers are not getting enough respect here. I, I like the moves that the Browns have made in the offseason, Greg, but we still have to see them put it together, and it's you know it's a it's a first time head coach at the NFL level, so I'm a little skeptical when it comes to the Browns being the favorite right now. Now, part of the Browns' success last year, especially when Freddie Kitchens took over, was the emergence of Nick Chubb. They traded away Carlos Hyde midway through the year, and Nick Chubb emerged, and, and he was fantastic. And we saw him climbing and climbing and climbing and now settling really uh, into the second round, early second round of fantasy football drafts at this point. He's the 12th running back off the board at the moment with an ADP right in the middle of the second round. But, and I mentioned this with Kenny and Drake here, EY, that as good as Nick Chubb is, Kareem Hunt is lingering. He's out there. He's coming. He's suspended for eight games. That leaves eight more games for Kareem Hunt to compete with Nick Chubb for carries. And I believe that the Browns don't ultimately, and Marlon Mack as well, we talked about that with Marlon Mack, ultimately 
the Browns don't take the PR hit, and they don't take everything that comes with signing Kareem Hunt unless they plan on using Kareem Hunt. His current ADP in the middle of the second round, I, I, don't think I, I don't think I could do it, man. What about you? Are you talking Hunt or Chubb? Chubb. I got him as my running back six. So, yeah, I'm all over him. Okay. Uh, Some of the turn me on to this was Chris Harris, formerly of ESPN. He does Harris football. And he's he's a big proponent of, like, us trying to project, you know, how many carries they're going to have and and game plan and strength of schedule. Nobody knows. I mean, like, nobody knows at all. Not even the coaches on the team that are around these players every day know what's going to happen and how many guys times you can, it's, it's all just guessing, but what you can know is what they've done athletically. And he, uh, Nick Chubb was a guy, he's a freak. I mean, he's, he's got size, he's got power, he's got speed, he's got lateral agility, he's got good hands. He can do everything. This is another guy like Mixon, um, but I like his offensive line better and I like his offense better. So I have him really, really high. He's a guy that I had all over the place last year and I held him and I held him and I held him. And then when he started to play, I looked, I, I you know, I, I reaped the benefits of having Nick Chubb. I think he'll be even better this year. He's a guy that I absolutely love. He's got all the tools and people are like, oh, well, what about Kareem? He's not going to play until week 10 or 11. He can't practice with the team. Like he's, it's not going to be Andrew Luck, not a football player, but at that point, he's not a football player. I mean, he's going to have to get back up to game speed. Nick Chubb, if he's running with it and running like how we th- I think he will, you know, Kareem Hunt is going to be a guy that spells him now and then when he gets tired and that's going to be it. Look, Kareem Hunt has shown us that he he is the real deal, but this is a new system. This is a different system. He's not playing in Kansas City, um, so so we don't know what he's going to be there. We saw, especially at the end of the year, what Nick Chubb can be, and I'm all over him. Honestly, Greg, and I said this yesterday, when it comes to Kareem Hunt, if you can predict what he is going to be when he steps back into this lineup and is the with lottery. the team then show me your crystal ball because I would I would love to get my hands on it. I would love to be able to use it because, honestly, nobody knows. All we can do is try and project what we think is going to happen with Kareem Hunt. And, you know, if you ask me today when he's eligible to play, whether it's in Week 10, whatever it is, he's probably, I'll say, it's maybe a 70-30 split. Still Nick Chubb getting a large majority of this. You know, maybe they want to keep Chubb fresh down the stretch if they, you know, have aspirations to make it into the to, to the postseason and, and make some noise there. But overall, nobody knows how Kareem Hunt is going to be used. We know how Nick Chubb was used last year. And his numbers, once he took over as the starter, Week 7 on, he was the RB8 overall. His numbers during that span, 10 games, 176 carries at 17.6 carries per game. 823 yards, 82 rushing yards per game, 4.7 yards per carry, six rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns, uh, 28 targets, so that's right around three targets per game, 20 receptions. I don't know that he's going to catch the ball a ton. I think that, much like Leonard Fournette, he's probably someone that can do it. I just don't know that he's going to be asked to do it just because the Browns have as many options in the pass game as they do. So that's a knock on him, but... I think that the yardage is going to be there. I think that the touchdowns are going to be there. And look, we just spent the past 30 minutes talking about all these weapons on this team. Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield throwing the ball down the field to these guys. Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. That opens up running lanes for Nick Chubb. 
I don't think that it's... Obviously, I don't want to just compare this Browns team to the Chiefs offense from last year because that was a historic offense. But much of what Kareem Hunt was able to do in that Chiefs offense last year was because of all the weapons that they have and every everyone that you have to worry about down the field. It just opens up so much running room for the running backs and specifically here on this Browns team, Nick Chubb. So I don't really have a problem with where he's going right now. I think you know in the NFFC, which is a full-point PPR league, you might have some question marks about how many catches he's going to pass. I think he's probably in that 30 to 40 reception range this year. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think he's just a ridiculously, ridiculously good running back. He tested extremely well. Top 12 in yards created. Duke rate. Evaded tackles. Breakaway runs last year, which is runs of 15 plus yards. The only knock on him really is the fact that Kareem Hunt will be back. But we don't know how Kareem Hunt's going to be used. And I don't think that he's going to catch as many passes as maybe some other running backs that are going in this second-round range, like a Dalvin Cook or a Damian Williams, for example. Those guys are going to catch more passes, but I think it's unquestionable that Nick Chubb will rush for more yards and probably score more touchdowns. So you have no issue drafting him in this spot? No. I think it's a fair spot in the middle of the second round. All right, and you know he's EY, like you said, in that, inside that top six uh, as a running back for him. Um, so, Ewa, you'd be willing to pull the trigger on him in like the late first round range if he's your your best player on the board. Yep. So you yeah, have him. Sure. That means above James Conner and Joe Mixon and Joe oh, Mixon. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So, Ewa, right. trust him. playing that's right flag. now. Look, like they're not they're not boxing yet, but that's where I have him now. Well, I totally get it. You're the James Conner guy. Ewa's the uh, the Nick Chubb guy. I guess I'm like the Joe Mixon guy. I guess that's fair. We'll take that. We'll take each uh, each running back in the AFC North. I also like Mark Ingram a lot. Talk about that tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Come on. Ugh. Put some respect on Mark Ingram's name. Would you guys draft Cream Hunt? No. Eli? No, I mean... You're going to end up dropping. Because of, uh, because of what he did and because of his name, he's going way too early. You, you can't use him until week 11. I mean, who knows? Like, who know, Like that's just silly. I mean, to me. I mean, just silly. He's missing half the season, Greg. I mean, we talked about last year, you know, sashing... The aforementioned Mark Ingram, he was missing four games. That's a lot different than missing eight games. That's half of the season. By the time we get to week nine in fantasy, we're already starting to think about like the fantasy playoffs and stuff and like the stretch run there in fantasy football. But isn't that what you want for that stretch run? Let someone else get them. They'll drop them. Then you pick them up week five or six, and you only have to hold on to them for four or five weeks. I'll say this. Because that's going to happen. In keeper or dynasty leagues, like that's where I would pounce on him. Like I would still draft him there. If I own Nick Chubb in a keeper league... I would want to own Kareem Hunt there as well, just just so I can lock up the Browns running backs of the future, just in case something happens in the second half where Kareem Hunt magically takes over, and you have that guy on your roster for years to come. In a redraft league, your standard 15-16 round draft, Greg, can you really afford to hold the guy for half the season with as many injuries that are going to occur in fantasy football? The answer is probably no. What EY said, if someone else drops him in that you know week four to six range, you probably pounce and pick him up then. We'll wrap up the Browns conversation. Continue in to the action hour. Coming up next.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash Grable. you receive a free bet of up to $500. It's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash Grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash Grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. We've kind of run out of time and stuff to talk about when it comes to the Browns, but I know, Frank, you had another question for Eric. Yeah, EY, when we were talking about Baker Mayfield, I noticed that we didn't really get a chance for you to opine on Baker Mayfield and where he's currently going and, uh, just frankly, where you have him ranked this year. So how do you feel about Baker Mayfield and the fact that he is being drafted as a top-five quarterback right now? Yeah, I've got him number seven. I got him just behind Carson Wentz, and, and I'm going back and forth on them, and I think it's just going to depend on what goes on during the preseason and what we hear coming out of camps and stuff like that. So uh, he's a guy I like. Uh, I'm in this really crazy, super intense dynasty league, the only dynasty league I'm in with uh, a bunch of analysts from Sirius. Um, Michael Rathburn invited me over. I took a guy's team over, and I drafted him uh, in the rookie draft. So uh I look really, really smart. First year I took Delvin Cook, and the second year I took uh, I took Baker Mayfield. So I'm I'm doing okay, building my team back up to strength. Uh, he's a guy that I love. He's interesting, makes the game interesting. Uh, new quarterbacks, you know, like I think like five years ago, him coming out, people would have just said, "Ah, oh, he's short." You know, he's a guy that runs. I mean, you know, he he won't be able to play in the NFL because he's not tall enough, and this that, and the other. I mean, Drew Brees has proven that short quarterbacks can play. Um, it, it's more rare than, than taller guys because just of the mechanics of throwing and looking over the line. But Baker Mayfield is a guy I love. I love watching him play. He's got confidence, swagger, whatever you want to call it, cockiness. Uh, that's what I want my quarterback to have, and he's got it in spades. With all those weapons, I feel like this will be the breakout season for Baker Mayfield, and he'll be a top 10, 12 quarterback going forward. For all your dynasty fantasy football needs, make sure to hit up EY at the Eric Young on Twitter, huh? Look at this guy. Dynasty aficionado, Greggy. Yeah. Dalvin Cook and uh, Baker Mayfield. How about that? I would say he's doing a pretty good I, job. Absolutely. Dynasty Damian Harris this year. Damian Harris this year. Oh, I like, you know I like no. that, too. Greg is uh, Team Sony, Michelle. I, I'm Team Harris. Oh, man. It's a rookie-only draft. Like, like I mean, you know. I get it. I mean, you're, you're, not gonna, you're only going to get so many players in a rookie-only draft, Greg. Um... While we have a couple of minutes before we get into our best bets forever and we let EY go, you asked me a really interesting question before, Frank. And you said, when I look at my drafts or I look at some bets I want to make, what do I take into account or how much do I take into account a player that begins on the active pup list? And my response was, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Like, Julian Edelman's going to be on this pup list for like the next month because he's a broken thumb. I don't care. He's Julian Edelman. 
He'll be, he'll be fine. He doesn't really need training camp at this point. Correct. EY, what about you? How much do you take it into account during your early season drafts about guys that are on the active pup list? I mean, at this time of year, active pup list, it, it doesn't change anything for me. Um, it, it's just, I think it's more of a tool for front offices, for contract things and stuff like that, shuffling guys around, keeping other guys in camp to see what they are, uh, maybe give them another look for another team because they like the player. That, that's all it really is at this point. Uh, a broken thumb on a wide receiver, that, I mean, that does worry me uh, as a person that has broken both of his thumbs it's not something that heals quickly um it, it takes a while for for a thumb to heal and and be back to strength so um that that worries me as a wide receiver with a broken finger and i mean and thumb being the most important uh digit on the hand so that that's something that i would look at but the fact that he's on that uh active pup i, I wouldn't care about that but i would really monitor the finger situation yeah, I think it's a case-by-case basis as well, Greg. I think, obviously, you want rookies and younger players to get as many reps or players on new teams to get as many reps with their uh, with their new coaches and w- around their new team and so they can pick up the, the playbook and, and, and the scheme and everything and learn within that system. So I think it's a case-by-case basis, but when it comes to guys like Julian Edelman, yes, pay attention to the thumb injury, but if he was just on the pup list with something that wasn't that serious, like, okay, it's Julian Edelman. He's been with the Patriots forever. He knows the system. There's not really much to see here. Uh, so I think it's a case-by-case basis when it comes to like veterans. I don't really care as much, but specifically younger players and, and guys moving over to new teams, that's something that I would pay attention to more. And I, think that, I think that's fine. I, I think that um, makes plenty of sense. That's when you're going to pay attention to those guys. Fine. New teams, new places, new opportunities that they're not And I like Julian Edelman a lot, too, so... Please be all right, Julian Edelman. We talked about that. We (laughs) talked about that. You know, one guy I realized... I think think we see a career uh, career year in terms of touchdowns this year for Julian Edelman. You know, one guy we... I guess I wasn't... I wasn't really there, so I didn't get to know what you guys thought. Are you guys buying Adam Humphreys this year in Tennessee? Not really. I mean, we spoke more about... Like, we kind of just barely touched on him because there's just a lot of mouths to feed in the Tennessee Titans passing attack right now, Greg. And, mm-hmm. you know, if people are buying in on the third-year breakout for Corey Davis, just the fact that the Titans are not going to be a very uh, pass-happy team means that there's not going to be a ton of targets to go around. And personally, I like A.J. Uh, AJ Brown. He looks like an NFL player to me. I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. So I just think that there's a lot of mouths to feed from Corey Davis to A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys, Delaney Walker is going to return. We know he has a good rapport with Marcus Mariota. And all the while, they want to be a run-first football team. So I just don't really think that there's much to go around there. I don't know. I just know that we, they, they, the same thing like John Lewis, right? Like they invested money in this guy. He signed with them over New England. I, I, I love Deion Lewis this year. I think he's coming at a huge discount. It's like RB49 or something I, crazy I, like that. I just think that because of it, like, probably going to sign. They're, they're going to utilize him more than any of us want. That's all. EY, Adam Humphreys, anything? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting with the Deion Lewis thing and the Adam Humphreys. Like, they, they, I mean, especially with Adam Humphreys, I know the Patriots were, were in on this guy. Uh, Adelman's not a, a spring chicken, that's for sure. And Humphreys is a guy that's younger than him that could replace him down the road. And, I mean, if you're a, a, a slot receiver, I mean, is there a better team to play on than the Patriots? But whatever the coaching staff here told him, that enticed him to come here. Uh, so that's exciting for me, uh, a guy that's, I think he's going to have, uh, you know, a fair amount of volume. It's just going to depend. And like we said earlier, is like everyone wants to be a running team, uh, but 
the Tennessee Titans, I, I believe that to be true. They're, they're going to base the offense around Derrick Henry. Um, they proved that near the end of the year last year uh, by giving him a ton of carries, and I think they're going to do that out of the gate this year uh, and, and go with that strategy. Look, that could all change. You, you get down and, and uh, you're losing by 14. Guess what? Derrick Henry isn't running the ball 25 times. So um, that'll be a big thing for Deion Lewis and for Adam Humphrey. So it, it's going to be an interesting thing. Look, at like, I live in the city. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he wants to live here. I think Humphreys is a better NFL player and real-life player for what the Titans want to do than what he will actually be for fantasy football this season, if yeah. that makes sense. I think the Titans basically put Marcus Mariota in the best possible position that they can, and they're putting it on him now. They're saying, look, you have no excuses. You have a top-five offensive line in the league. You have three really good wide receivers. You're getting a veteran tight end back who you really like. You have a strong running back in Derrick Henry. You have another running back that can catch passes in Deion Lewis. So the Titans are laying it all out on the table this season. Everything is set up for Marcus Mariota to have a career year in terms of success for the Titans. I don't know that that's going to translate necessarily for fantasy purposes, but they're basically saying, carry this team now. Let's see what the Titans can do with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback, really good offensive line, really good weapons, and the fact that, you know, Derrick Henry should be their their workhorse running back. So there's no more excuses left for Marcus Mariota. I think that was their thinking overall with surrounding him with this many weapons. The Tennessee Titans actually have the worst odds here to win the AFC South. They are plus 550. But there's there's a lot of parity in that division right now. Like, oh. It wouldn't surprise me if any team won that division. I don't agree with that. Like, it wouldn't surprise... The Jaguars were 5-11 and last year, Greg, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won a division. I'd be very surprised the Titans won the division. Very surprised. I'd be very surprised no, the Jaguars so. won. I'm telling, you what I, I'm telling you what I feel. Okay. Wait, what you feel is wrong. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. You might have to put some money down on that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Titans at plus five fifty. Hey, Nashville, Tennessee. That's EY. Right. But again, I said this last week when we were previewing the Titans. You weren't here that day, Greg. Was, I didn't know that they have the uh, they have the recipe to succeed right in front of them, and it's what the Dallas Cowboys do. It's control the ball, run the football, don't expose your defense too much because I don't think that they have a world beating defense. But if they're not exposed all that much, then that obviously helps, and I think that's been the same thing for the Cowboys. And you know, Marcus Mariota only has to make plays when he's asked to do so, much like Dak Prescott. So the blueprint, yes, is there for the Tennessee Titans to succeed this season. It's just up for them to execute it. Absolutely. All right. So coming up, we're going to get into our true action hour because we have a lot of bets to talk about from last night, where we were successful. Frank, we were a combined two and one. Because we both like the Cardinals, so. so we both got that one right. Right. And then you had the Reds, although you had to sweat that one out, Greg. Is that a success or not? It was, it was a success. You were 2-0, I was 1-1. Thank you. So we're going to do that coming up um, after the break. EY, it's, it's been awesome. Tomorrow, we have the Steelers and the Ravens, and it's my guy, James Conner, Frank Sky, Mark Ingram. Quick preview, are you in on Mark Ingram this year? Uh, I like Mark Ingram. They're going to run the ball. That's no secret. Uh, the starting running back there is going to have a lot of out volume um, and a lot of value. So Mark Ingram is a guy that's interesting. And I think uh, being the the guy, um, he's got something to prove. I mean, I, I feel like uh, a professional athlete, when they're given a chance to say, okay, you're the guy, we're giving you the keys. I mean, this is, uh, this is a prove it for him. He's not... 
he's not old, but he's not young either. So it's going to be a very interesting year to, for the Baltimore Ravens, I think. It's going to be a very interesting year for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. EY, we appreciate the time and, and staying a little bit after with us. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Coming up next, best bets for tonight. We go over the entire MLB car. We'll let you know what you need to know. And we'll break it down as only we can. Let's keep the money coming in. Keep cashing out. We'll be back right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Final few minutes of the program here, BFF's Action Hour. So let's get some action, Frank. Let's go. Let's put some cash on the line. Two and one yesterday. Crushed it with the Reds. Crushed it with the Cardinals. Not so much Trevor Richards. Not so much Trevor Should have seen that one coming. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. But hey, you can get rich going two and one. Yes, you can. It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Washington Nationals and Steven Strasburg are home tonight. Phasing off against Peter Lambert and the Rockies. Frank, the Rockies are probably going to lose this one. Oh, you don't say, Greg. The, the Nationals are a two, minus 245 favorites here on the money line with the total at nine runs. Uh, there is weather concerns in Washington. This Again. game got rained out yesterday. So if you started any Nationals or uh, Rockies for fantasy baseball purposes, they might not play again tonight. So, yay. Sucks, but overall, uh, obviously, there's not much value to go along uh, to go with here. Uh, the only way I'm taking the Nationals is if I'm uh, parlaying them with another team. Perhaps we can, perhaps we can find that team later on, so we can find a nice little parlay. Who did we want to parlay yesterday? We wanted to do the Astros yeah. and somebody else. Good. Hmm. It was the Astros and the Diamondbacks, I think, and both teams won. I believe I the Diamondbacks were the other really big favorite. Were they? I don't think they were. I mean, they were a big favorite, don't get me wrong, but... I, I think it was. Yeah? It sure wasn't like the Nationals. Oh, I think it was the Indians, actually. It was the Indians, was the Indians. against the Blue Jays. That's it was exactly Mike what it was. And, and both exactly. teams, both teams um, you didn't like won. The, it was the Indians won, and the Astros won big. You didn't so like the Rays. That's something that would have passed out at, like, it was like plus 102, remember that? I, I do. Clevenger yeah. and... Uh, and Garrett Cole money line. So we'll, uh, we'll give you out another parlay today. You didn't like the Rays see as, what much, that would, as much as that I did. Pay out. What's up? You didn't like the I'm sorry I said Rays as Robbie Ray, but you didn't like the Diamondbacks as much as I did yesterday. I really yeah, like just because I'm not a huge Robbie Ray guy overall. How about uh, Erod yesterday though, my how man? About it. On the other side, how about this, Greg? I saw Jalen B. Scott rocked. As I mentioned, there was a chance yes, that that you can did. happen because he doesn't normally start. He usually is used as a follower, right? And I said one of those teams can score nine runs by themselves, and the Red Sox did. Guess who had Jalen Beeks in their main event lineup? Oh no, I forgot I put him in, dude. So I went and checked it later on. I'm like, oh, I lost two points in Roto. How did that happen? Oh, I had Jalen Beeks in my lineup. Great. Dude, I just keep losing pitching there. It's just so hard to recover. Solid, anyway. Solid first season, though. Uh, yeah, I'm in third place right now. It's pretty good. Cardinals and the Pirates. Chris Archer on the mound for Pittsburgh. Dakota Hudson for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are interesting value here, getting them at plus 114 on the money line. The total is nine runs in this game. 
Uh, that's a good total. I-, I could see it. I could see it going either way there because Chris Archer has pitched well in the second half so far this season, but he is still prone to being blown up here. Based on the value, I lean with the Cardinals, but there's nothing I really love in this game. My my value here is is over. The over is a favorite. It's minus one eighteen, and I think we've seen Chris Archer get blown up. He's had a couple of good starts in a row, like you said. Dakota Hudson is smoking mirrors too because he has like a high three ERA, but his WHIP is one point five one. So based on what that WHIP is, his ERA should probably be closer to like the mid four range. Yeah, to me, I don't really want to make my best bet yet. My favorite bet thus far out of the two we've talked about <laughs> is the over in this Cardinals and Pirates game over nine. Fair. All right. Trevor Bauer, Aaron Sanchez, Indians and Blue Jays. Heavy favorite here for Cleveland, obviously. Trevor Bauer, 9-7 and seven with a 3.67 ERA, 170 strikeouts on the season. Aaron Sanchez with the old 6.26 ERA. He is, this is not a typo, 3-14 and 14 on the season here. The Indians, minus 184 on the road against the Toronto Blue Jays. There's not really any value in taking the Indians straight up, and I don't, I don't trust Trevor Bauer enough to make this the second leg of the parlay. So we'll have to find something else. If I had to choose something here, uh, I would probably go with the over nine and a half because Trevor Bauer, as good as he's been, could still be prone to giving up home runs, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Indians alone put up like seven, eight runs against Aaron Sanchez. So if I had to take something in this game, it would be over nine and a half. But again, nothing I love yet on the slate. I agree with that. Continuing on, Chris Sale. And the Red Sox still in Tampa, and they're taking on Yoni Chirinos and the Rays. Sale and the Sox are a favorite in this one. I'm pulling up real quick to see how Chris Sale has done against the Tampa Bay Over, Rays under, so oh, oh, far. The total in this one really, really, really is only 7.5. 7.5 is the total. Uh, the hot swinging Red Sox bats from last night will be going up against Yoni Chirinos. And how about this? In the month of July, Chris Sale has made three starts. His previous start was awesome. He had like 12 strikeouts. But he has a 5.51 ERA in the month of July. So there might be some value on that over the 7.5 because um, Chris Sale has not been the uh, Chris Sale of old recently. He's made one start against the Tampa Bay Rays this year. Seven innings, two earned runs, eight strikeouts. I don't, lo- I don't like Chris Sale and the Red Sox enough to make them the second leg of the parlay. If I had to choose something here, Greg, over the 7.5. But again, yeah. I don't love it. The 7.5 is... Really small amount of runs. It is a small amount of runs, but would it surprise you if Chris Hale just is awesome tonight? It wouldn't no, surprise me. It would me. surprise me if Yoni Chirinos is, though. He's been pretty good, no? Fine. Come on. Aaron Yoni. Nola. Aaron Nola, Matty Boyd, Tigers, and Phillies. And you were pointing out to me yesterday, that Boyd has not been great over the past few starts. No, he has not. Uh, his ERA has uh, been on the rise. It's up over four now. It's at 4.13. Aaron Nola... Has mostly pitched better recently, a 3.77 ERA in the season. He is 8-2. and two. Uh, I actually like the Phillies a decent amount to, to win this game here. It's minus 154, so I'm not sure that I would... Uh, it's something that I would just want to do alone, but let's, let's, let's try this out right here, Greg. Strasburg and the Nationals. Okay. Money line at minus 245. Right. And Aaron Nola and the Phillies. Parlay that together. You get it at plus 132. How about that, Greg? I don't love the Phillies as much as you do, I don't think. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Tigers are a bad team. Greg. Very, very They're terrible. Very bad. Very terrible. Yeah. I actually think I like the Phillies. That's I'm bad. more confident in the Phillies to win than I am the Nationals. Really? Yeah. Even though I'm they're not. huge favorites. Yeah. Like, the Rockies still have a really good lineup. Like they get 
they could give Strasburg a run for his money, theoretically. They won't. <laughs> All right. But there's also rain concerns in that game. I like the Phillies a lot tonight. Is it one of your best bets? Sure. It is. It is! But it's, you know, it's minus 154, so it's not, you're, not, you're not getting them at great value or anything. Chris Paddock and the Padres are in the New York to face the New York Metropolitans. Paddock, minus 140 tonight. Eight and a half is the win total here. What was your other best total. bet, Greggy, so far? My best bet so far was the over nine in the Cardinals and the Pirates. All righty. Lewis Pitt, over nine. Next up we have, as you mentioned, Chris Paddock going up against Jason Vargas. Huh. Yeah, I like the Padres a decent bit here as well. Just Paddock coming off that monster start against the Miami Marlins. Uh, the Padres actually perform quite well against left-handed pitching on the season. They have a 330 weighted on base average against left-handed pitching. That is ninth best in baseball. I like the Padres a decent amount tonight as well. Uh, we know that he just kind of has like a vendetta against Pete Alonso because Alonso's probably going to win the National League Rookie of the Year. He is going to win the National League Rookie of the Year. So we saw last time Paddock played the Mets, he was fired up. He was like freaking out every time he pitched against uh, Pete Alonso. I like the Padres to win tonight as well. How about this, Greg? Can I interest you in this? Probably not because you don't like the Phillies that much. You parlay the Phillies money line and the Padres money line. Two road play favorites. You get them at plus 182 combined. That makes sense. Pretty good. Well, it's good odds if you really like them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paddock against Vargas? Aaron Nola against the Tigers. I don't love this one at all. I like it. I really don't I like this. You know my upset special tonight? <laughs> I hope it's not Jason Vargas. It is not. Okay, good. Jason Vargas. It is Danny Duffy and the oh. Royals in Atlanta. He was part of my parlay last week. That's correct. My upset special of the night, folks. You're getting the Royals at plus 198 in Atlanta. A Royals team that is 7-3 in their last 10 games. How are they going to hit the ball? Is uh, Bo Jackson coming back to play for them today? Bo Jackson doesn't need to. Yeah, they got wit. <laughs> no Adalberto Mondesi, Greg. You don't need him. I think, I think they could use him right now. Well, they could use him, but they don't need him. Danny Duffy, plus 198. I like it. The Braves this year against left-handed pitching, uh, seventh in weighted on-base average, Greg. Doesn't matter at all. I'm just letting you know. Upset special tonight. Royals, 27th against lefties. Dallas Keuchel, a lefty. I'm just letting you know, Frank. This is your upset special of the night. Is upset? it one of your best bets? No. Oh, it's just your upset special. My upset special of the night. <laughs> so you can just throw a bunch of stuff out there. I'm not. I don't do that every day. That's fine. That's fine. I don't do it you, every day. You do throw out some, some interesting upset specials. And here's one. All right. All right. Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers, Greg. Now the Reds last night. Tonight, it's Tanner Roark pitching for Cincy. Zach Davies on the mound for the Milwaukee Brew Crew. How do you like Tanner Roark, Greg? I don't like That's any, your guy. Don't anything about this game. I feel like you used to be the Tanner Roark guy. Is that true? Uh, I had him last year in a couple teams, yeah. Because <laughs> I always thought he was underratedly solid. Everybody, it seems like everybody owns Tanner Roark once per season in fantasy baseball. Like once per year, yeah. Tanner Roark, a 3.97 ERA going up against Zach Davies, a 2.79 ERA. This game taking place in Milwaukee, in Miller Park. The total is 9.5. I like the over a decent amount here, Greg. What do you think? 9.5? Davies against yeah, I, Tanner Roark? No. No. It's a little, little bit too high for you? Yeah. All right, we'll stay away. Sorry. Marlins and White Sox next. No work. No, um, they let you down last night. This is Trevor your, uh, Richards. This is, your, uh, this is uh, nice right here. It is. Caleb Smith at Caleb minus, Smith 120. minus 120. Dylan Covey at a, and the White a Sox. Slight favorite here. The total like at it. nine. Dylan Covey, not good. Pitching uh, for the White Sox tonight. Yep. I was on the Marlins last night, Greg. Let's go back to the well. Yep. The Marlins, minus 120. 
How about a little round robin here, Greg? What do you think about that? <laughs> You're crazy, man. The Marlins, minus 120. The Padres, minus 140. The Phillies, minus 154. Let's round robin that. Get it every which way we possibly can. Play them individually. You're going to be a winner tonight. I'll tell you that right now. All right. <laughs> sure. Domingo ever went wrong, you know, betting on the Phillies, the Padres, and the Marlins in the same night, right, Greg? Domingo Hermann and the Yanks in Minnesota face the Twins. I liked CC last night. I was dead wrong about that one. You weren't far off. I mean, they lost the game eight to six. Yeah, but they were bad last night. The Yankees. Uh, yeah, CC specifically was, was not awful. Good. Yeah, he was gave awful. up seven runs. Mm-hmm. Not good. Domingo Hermann minus one twenty tonight. Yankees slight favorites on the road against the Twins. Kyle Gibson has been up and down this year. The Yankees have actually been much better against right-handed pitching. If there's ever a night to bet on the Yankees, I think it's tonight, Greg. Yeah, it makes sense. Domingo Herman has probably been their you most know, consistent starting just, pitcher this I year. I just don't love them for some reason. I really don't. All right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're not part of my, you know, awesome parlay here, but... The A's and the oh. Astros, Wade Miley, Mike Fires. Not touching this. Uh, the Astros, minus 166. I feel like Wade Miley pitched against the, uh, the A's recently, and it did not go over well. I think you're right about Total that. Total is so nine want, and a half. So you want to bet on the A's? Mm, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, along with betting on the Phillies, Padres, and Marlins all in the same night, Greg, the one thing that I don't want to add to that is betting on Mike Fires and the Oakland A's. So uh, I will avoid this game. Continuing on, we get to the this is O's. a very big slate tonight. Oh my full gosh. slate, man. The O's and the D-backs. Merrill Kelly versus Dylan Bundy. The D-backs are a heavy, Bundy. heavy favorite. You're Dylan Bundy. No. <laughs> you were trying to talk me into Dylan Bundy like two months ago. Well, I succeeded in that. <laughs> Dylan Bundy and the Oreos, uh, underdogs here at plus 166. Diamondbacks are just, they're too big of favorites here. I just don't trust Merrill Kelly as far as I can throw him. I haven't seen Merrill C- Kelly in person, so maybe I'd be able to throw him a decent amount, but minus 194. Don't like those odds here. Here's my next pick. Best bet coming up. It's the Cubs and the Giants. Bummy and those stupidly hot Giants. Pitcher's duel. Taking on you, Darvish, and the Cubs. This is an easy one. So easy. I hope we're (laughs) We're going to say two different things. All right, on three, Greg. Reveal your bet. One, two, three. Cubs money line. All right. I was actually going to say the Cubs money line, too. But then I thought you might have said over. Uh, I think the Cubs. Cubs are the best bet, too. Yeah. Minus 112. is just great. 100%. Uh, Angels and Dodgers tonight. Dodgers are heavy favorite. Don't hate the Angels here. Uh, Rangers and Mariners. Don't touch that one. I want to thank EY for joining us. Danny and everybody else downstairs. He's Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Let me start with the running back. I know I mentioned Tyler Boyd before. I'll get into him and A.J. Green a little bit. But let me start with the running backs. And let me start with Joe Mixon. Where is Joe Mixon going right now, Frankie? Joe Mixon is going right now at that late first, early second round range. Specifically, I'm going to start using um, 
July 19th as the date for NFC ADP. I was using July 15th. Because that was the day that the Tyreek Hill news was announced. So I feel like Ah, that obviously changes everything. So Joe Mixon, since then, over the past five days, his ADP is 15.64. He is RB9 off the board, sandwiched between Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. Very interesting range of running backs. must say so myself. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting spot between Melvin Gordon and Joe Mixon and and Todd Gurley. And I'd like to think that I'd like to think that Joe Mixon at this moment is the safest of those three, given the contract from Melvin Gordon, given the knee of Todd Gurley. Mixon is also going right after my guy James Conner as well. You, I thought, liked Mixon more than Conner, didn't you? I have Conner ranked one spot higher. You do? Yeah. Okay. And even when I did the first round mock for the FanDuel hurry up, I had... Connor at 11, and I had Mixon at 12. Right, I convinced you of that. Yes. Yes, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Joe Mixon, it's funny because because of that offensive line, I wasn't on him at all. And I'm, again, it's the end of July. God knows how it will change. But I wasn't really on it at all because they did have multiple injuries along that offensive line, not just the rookie left tackle. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And you brought up to me a little while ago. It's like, hey, it's the same crap offensive line. And he finished as a top 12 running back last season. Why can't he do that again in a better offense? And when you said that, kind of made sense. So let me throw this to you, EY. Where do you have Joe Mixon ranked, and how would you compare him to both Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, given their situations? Uh, yeah, currently I think I have him number 11, and, and uh, I had him higher than that, and then the, the left tackle got hurt, and they're moving the guy, uh, I believe, their right tackle back to left tackle. Um but the more I'm thinking about it, I mean, I could move him back up. The offensive, like I said, is opportunity. And for someone with his skill set and his his crazy athleticism, all he needs is opportunity. He has a th- three-down back. He can play all three downs. He can catch. He can run in space. He's got size. He's got speed. I mean, he's... I mean, literally, if you're going to build a running back from scratch, I mean, I believe he would turn out just how Joe Mixon looks. So it's, uh, I might have to move him up. He's at 11 now, but I mean, we're so far out from the season. Like, they're just starting training camp. So, I mean, this is all up for debate. But uh, just thinking about it now, I might have to move him up a little bit. I like Mixon. Be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY Sportsnet and at FNTSY Radio. And now I'm tweeting about you, bruh. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super.